on the first Christmas night, a star lit up the heavens. The angels gathered to rejoice in the coming of a savior. Shepherds left their fields and journeyed to worship together, the light of the world who was born to chase away darkness. This holy child who began life in a humble manger was honored with gifts worthy of a king. Our traditions may have changed over the years, but the one we celebrate remains the same. He is the Prince of Peace, the Great Healer, the Good Shepherd, Emmanuel. He is still worthy of our gifts today. With every donation given, you help fund distribution of scriptures to people who are seeking the hope only Jesus can provide. Join the Gideons International today in spreading the good news of Jesus this Christmas. now are we good ah can you hear me now yay all right uh, well thank you for being here today it's good to see you let me officially say merry christmas to you uh, we are of course uh, headlong into december and christmas is just three weeks from today so there's your two-minute warning uh, you got to get those get those presents and uh, start uh, start that process of of uh, picking out and wrapping up and all that good stuff. But thank you again for being here today. I hope that uh, as you came in, you picked up one of our bulletins or was handed one of our bulletins. All of the announcements there are very important. All the inserts are very important, so make sure you pay attention to those. I'm only going to call attention to uh, to uh, one thing, and it's not actually in the bulletin today. So that's the reason I want to call attention to it. That being that... Uh, the children's Christmas party is this afternoon from 6 until 7 p.m. in the chapel. Now, normally, uh, that's the time frame when we have our children's teen kid over in the chapel. But uh, this, this afternoon, we're just kind of doing something a little different. We're going to have a, uh, a children's Christmas party. So whether your children are involved in the teen kid or not... We would love for them to come and be a part of the Christmas party uh, that's going to be held this afternoon, 6 to 7 in the chapel. And I believe Miss Jane Ellen has uh, an important announcement she needs to make for us today. Yeah, so. Good morning. Yes, I'm up here again asking for your service. We have an opportunity to serve 30, well, there's 36 students at Locust School who will have a very, very small Christmas. And we have been asked to partner again, I think this is what, the fifth year, sixth year, with Medical Pharmacy of Locust to do stocking stuffers. So I have 
down on the front pew, bags labeled with the grade and whether it's a boy or girl, inside, things that they need. Um, if you would like to participate in this mission opportunity, we only need 15 people to participate. However, the turnaround is fast. I need them back next Sunday. There's already a box in the vestibule labeled with uh, Locust School stocking stuffers. So if you can help me pick up a bag, sign out which one that you've got. They're all on, everything's on the front pew and bring it back next Sunday. So thank you. Now, you know you're going to be out this week doing some Christmas shopping anyway. Uh, what a great opportunity to go ahead and just pick up one of those bags, uh, pick up a couple of extra items, and make Christmas for these children uh, something very special. I know that they will appreciate that very much. Uh, before I pray, don't forget that there is the Christmas card post office out in the front foyer. It's down uh, to the far end, uh, to my right, to, uh, as, as you go out, uh, you'll see it down there. Uh, if you have Christmas cards that you would like to share with people who regularly attend service, I think I say that every year, regularly attend service. Inevitably, we get cards for people that hadn't attended a service in 22 years. But if they regularly attend service and you would like to share a Christmas card with them, uh, please place it in that uh, in the Christmas card post office. Uh, it's divided, of course, alphabetically. You can uh, place them there. And here's the second part of that request is that you check the Christmas card post office regularly, especially if your last name ends with H because we've got so many of those that those fill up quicker than anybody else. But please do that each day, uh, each Sunday. Stop by there, check to see if you or your family have any uh, Christmas cards there, uh, and pick those up. It's just a great way for us to uh, to wish each other a very merry Christmas. There is a donation box there on the top of the Christmas card post office. If you would like to make a donation, since you're going to be saving a little money on postage from mailing those, if you'd like to make a donation. All the money we get from that goes to our Lottie Moon Christmas offering goal. So uh, that's there for your convenience. It's there for you to use. I hope that you'll take advantage of it. Let's take just a moment to pray together. Then we'll get about the business of why we're here. Our Father and our God, how good it is to be in this house of worship on this Lord's Day. And this very first Sunday in the month of December. Lord, we thank you so much for what this season represents that we have entered into. Lord, as we have come from the season of thanksgiving, and now, Lord, we enter into the season of Christmas, we thank you that we are in, we are in that process, in that, in that anticipation of the celebration of the birth of our King. Lord, we love you. We thank you for what this means to us. We thank you for every person that was able to come here today. We pray your blessings on them. Lord, so many of our church family are sick. So many are uh, suffering today. Lord, we pray for them. We lift them before you. And we pray, God, that you would touch their bodies and restore health, renew strength. And we just pray, Lord, you'll let them know that we miss them this, on this Sunday morning. Go with us through all that we say and do today, Lord. We want to be obedient to you. More than anything in the world, we want to proclaim your glory. We want to be able to sing your praise uh, 
be able to declare your worth because you truly are worthy of our worship. Lord, we love you. We praise you. Guide us as we go through our time together. It's our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you please stand and join us? God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray.
The night the angels came, announcing peace to those with whom God is pleased. They couldn't have broken the quiet land in a more unexpected way. Hosts of angels lighting up the sky, trumpeting the good news, shattering the silence with praise and glory to God. How else would a Messiah be announced? Except instead of riding the white horse dressed in royal robes, we found you on the outskirts of a crowded town, given the last remnant of space, wrapped in a leftover cloth. And the least regarded citizens, lowly shepherds gathered under a dark sky, were charged with the glorious announcement of your birth. This is the peace that passes all understanding, the promise of a different kind of life offered with shalom, freely offered, to build bridges between our lives and your kingdom in the most extraordinary ways. Amen. Sorry. Good morning. We say, why Advent? Because Advent points us to peace at a time that is often anything but peaceful. The world around us is loud and chaotic, with too many things demanding our time and attention. During this season of Advent, let us slow down, be, be quiet, and reflect on God's peace. Though the whole meaning behind this time of quiet anticipation can be overshadowed by colored lights, large, brightly wrapped presents, and endless demands on our time and energy, we should strive to be peaceful and reflective so that our focus is directed towards the manger. Today, we relight the candle of hope to remind us that Advent gives and encourages hope. Now, we light the second candle to remember that peace is a free gift given to us as a bridge between our lives and God's kingdom. Would you bow your heads and let us pray, please? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your gift of peace. Though it is often hard to feel peace around us, may we always find peaceful rest in your arms. Please help us to share peace with those in need of your comfort and assurance. We thank you for the gift of Advent. Amen. I'm going to invite you to please stand and let's sing together. Angels, we have heard a 
There's so much lostness in the world. There's so much the feeling of hopelessness and helplessness in the world. The answer for them is Christ. I was born in Malaysia in 1947. My family were idol worshippers. It was my duty, even though I was a boy, to serve the gods. And so, without fail, every evening before we have our dinner, I would put jars in front of the idols. It was a big deal because we have idols for everything. My high school teacher invited me to an evangelistic meeting. That was the first time I heard about Christ. I heard that I was a sinner and coming from my background, I felt that I was pretty good, you know. And then one night, I believe it was the prompting of the Holy Spirit, a thought came to my mind, and which said to me, if this God is true, the greatest sin in my life would be to deny that. That really got hold of me. And... Uh, the Lord convicted me of my sin. I went to all my, the idols and I said, this is the last time that I'm going to serve you. I have found the true God. And that was it. <laughs> I felt called to the ministry. I studied at uh, Hong Kong Baptist Seminary, which is also started by Southern Baptists, funded by Southern Baptists, and staffed by Southern Baptists. 
Had it not been for the Lord Moon offering, my life would have turned in a totally different direction. It's a gift that keeps on giving through the lives of people that are touched through the generosity of Southern Baptists. And I'm one of them, by the grace of God. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for everything you've given us, dear Lord. Dear Lord, uh, it comes to the time of service when uh, we give it just a small portion back to you, dear Lord. Dear Lord, uh, as we go forward in service, just be with Tommy as he brings uh, the message. And as we go into church conference uh, after the service, dear Lord, uh, just be with uh, uh, everything that goes on uh, as we do everything for you, dear Lord. For it's in your name we pray. Amen.
I invite you to be seated. Now, you know you could have messed him up if you'd held him there for just a minute or two, right? <laughs> Your life literally hung in her hands for a moment there, buddy. Well, it is good to see you this morning. If you have your Bibles, would you join me in the book of Colossians, chapter number 1. Colossians, chapter number 1. As we continue uh, our study that we're calling The Real Jesus, uh, I want to I wanna let you know that for just, just from this side, okay? Now, you may say it's even worse from your side. But from this side, we just seem kind of flat the last couple of Sundays. I don't, know, I don't know what it was. So here's what I need you to do. I need you to turn to someone next to you and, and tell them, you are the best-looking thing I have seen all day. Will you do that real quick? Now that you have had your self-esteem pumped up a little bit, we're ready to study God's Word together, okay? Uh, Colossians chapter number 1. Let's begin reading in verse number 15, and we'll read down toward verse number 23 together this morning. Listen to what the Word of God says. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by Him all things were created, both in the heavens and on the earth, Visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the church, and he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in Him, and through Him to reconcile all things to Himself, having made peace through the blood of His cross, through Him, I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven. And although you were formerly alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, yet He has now reconciled you to His fleshly body through death, in order to present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach. If indeed you continue in the faith firmly established and steadfast and not moved away from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, which was proclaimed in all creation under heaven and of which I, Paul, was made a minister. Let's pray together. Father, again, thank you for this honor and the privilege of being in this house of worship, uh, to be able to sing your praises, to declare your glory through song, to be able to fellowship with one another as brothers and sisters in Christ, as, as people who are, have in commonality today that we are all searching and seeking to hear from you. So I pray, Lord, that in our time together as we gather around your holy, inspired, authoritative, infallible, inerrant word, 
that you will illuminate our hearts and mind that, Lord, today will come into focus the beauty and the majesty of our Lord Jesus Christ, that we will see him in his power and in his glory, for that is who he is and that is who you are. And it is in your name, Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. Today I want to talk about the credentials of Jesus. Now, credentials is kind of a word we don't use a lot uh, in our everyday uh, language. But credentials are used to offer proof of a fact or to show proof of a qualification. Uh, in fact, if you, most of you in this room right now probably have a credential on your person. It is your driver's license. It says that the state of North Carolina acknowledges and recognizes that you are qualified to operate a motor vehicle. So uh, whether that's true or not, I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll judge that when we watch you leave the parking lot in a little while. But to the state of North Carolina, they say you have been qualified and you have proof of that qualification through that credential. So if we're going to proclaim that the Jesus of the Bible is the real Jesus, then what credentials does he have that can back up this claim. And that's what we're going to do today. We're going to look at these credentials. Now, there are five of them, and I'm going to preach really fast. So you got to listen really fast, uh, because I know we've got conference afterwards and things like that, and it, it is December. You've got things to do and places to go. So I want to honor your time. So let's look at these credentials together this morning. The very first credential that's pointed out to us by the Apostle Paul is that Jesus of the Bible is the revealer of God. He talks about that in verse number 15, that he's the image of the invisible God. And then he mentions it again in verse number 19, for it was in the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him. Now Jesus taught repeatedly that he and God the Father were one. He said that, he said that, uh, emphatically, he, he didn't just imply it, he said it outright, that I and the Father are one. Now, of course, to the Pharisees and the, the, the legalistic leaders of the day, they saw that as blasphemy. That's one of the reasons why they so desperately sought to kill Jesus, because he claimed to be equal with, to be one with God the Father. But Jesus has, has explained himself, and the Bible explains this as well. As Jesus is sitting at the, the well with the Samaritan woman, he, he is having a conversation with her, and he makes this comment that God is spirit. God is spirit. Now, if God the Father, the very source of all life, is invisible to mankind because he's spirit, how can we know God the Father. I'm glad you asked that question because it's got such an easy answer. And that is, we know God the Father through God the Son, who is God incarnate. He reveals 
God the Father to us. If we want to know the heart of God, all we have to do is, is look into and study and, and dive into the person of Jesus Christ. He reveals to us the will of God, the way of God. He, he reveals to us the love of God, the grace of God, he, the, the mercy of God. But He also reveals to us the, the holiness of God. The justness of God. So all of these things are revealed through Jesus Christ, who is God in the flesh. No other person who has ever walked the planet has borne this credential. Only the one that we celebrate the birth of this month, the Lord Jesus Christ, bears this credential. He is the revealer. Of God, but there's a second credential that's given to us in this passage of Scripture. It's seen in verse number 16, where the Bible says, talking about Jesus, for by him all things were created, both in the heavens and the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and him. So that second credential is not only is Jesus the revealer of God, but he is the creator of all things. And now that's a credential, don't you think? Uh, that he is, the, he is the creator of all things. You may say to me, now, whoa, 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 let's back up, Tommy. I thought God created all things. Well, I think we just covered that in the very first credential. That Jesus is God incarnate. He is God with flesh on. He is God the Father, one with God the Father. And, and, and therefore, if God is Jesus and Jesus is God, Jesus is the creator of all things. The Apostle John, when he was writing his gospel bridge this gap for us and help us and helped us to clear up this truth because he began his gospel by saying these words in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God he was in the beginning with God and all things came into being through him and apart from him not even one thing came into being that has come into being. Now that's pretty clear, don't you think? If Jesus is the Word, if He's the, if He's the Logos that we're talking about here, and He's with God, and He was God, and all things came into to being through Him. But John wanted to make sure that we fully understood what he was talking about. So later in that very first chapter of, of, his, of his Gospel, he, he, he gives us these this truth and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we saw his glory and the glory as of the only begotten from the father full of grace and truth and so he, he's, he's helping us to understand that Jesus truly is the creator of all things as part of the Godhead Trinity God the father God the son God the Holy Spirit he was active in the creation of the world in which we live in. That's what makes Christmas so amazing, is that the creator of all things became part of or entered into 
to interact with His creation. That He chose to to place Himself within the confines of the world that He created. He transcends the world. He's, He's greater than the world. He's the one who said, let there be and there was. He's the one who hung the stars. He's the one who put the moon and the sun in their, in their place. He's the one who, who did all of this, created the mountains and the seas and the rivers and the valleys and, and, and all of the, uh, the things that we enjoy. But yet now the creator of all things is becoming part of the creation. And so when we are looking at credentials for Jesus being the real Jesus, the one of the Bible being the one true Jesus, he carries with him the credentials of being the revealer of all things, but also being the creator of all things. Now that first credential, the fact that he reveals God, he and Father are one, leads us to the second credential, which is that he created all things. That leads us to the third credential that's given to us in this passage of Scripture in verse number 17. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. So he is the revealer of God. He is the creator of all things. But the Jesus of the Bible is also... The sustainer of all things. Now I understand and I, and I'll, I will agree with you that there are times that from our human perspective, it seems that the world has spun out of control. It seems that chaos ensues, especially in, in different regions of the world with natural disasters that may take place, with wars that may come and go, with famines that rob people of food and nutrition, with with all of these things swirling around us, it can sometimes feel from the human perspective that someone has let go of the wheel and that the world is just skidding out of control as if it had somehow, some way, uh, hit a ice patch in the road and was headed for the ditch. Now, I agree with you. There are, from the human perspective, times when it feels that way. But here's what we, we learn through Scripture, that, the, that, that the, the revealer of God and the creator of all things firmly has his grip and grasp on the will of all things. I want us to understand that God has not lost control of this world. Now, now listen, he doesn't want, he doesn't make us robots where we have no, no say in things, no, no free will. He, he doesn't force those things on us, but he gives us those opportunities to choose. The chaos that you and I see around the world, the chaos around us that, that seems to be uh, consuming every corner of the world that we live in, that, that is man-made chaos. That isn't God creating chaos, that's sin creating chaos through man. But he is firmly in control of all things. In other words, as creator of all things, he keeps all things in place. As title, his title as sustainer 
points to the power, the might, and the sovereignty of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why he could... That's why he could stand up in the middle of a storm as the, as the boat is rocking and, and, and the, the fishermen who are seasoned in sailing that very sea are scared for their life. That's why he can stand up and say, peace be still. And the winds stop blowing and the storms stop raging and the ocean becomes like glass. That's why he could step out uh, from... Uh, from the shoreline and walk on the water to the disciples who were who were there in a in yet another storm. That's how he could do these things. Why? Because he's the one who keeps all those things together. He is the sustainer of all things. And here's what that means: He provides for, props up, and maintains everything that he is cre- that he has created. Now. I, I get it. I, I have no problem with science. So I don't want you to think that Tommy's up here somehow downing science because I'm not. But here's what I want us to understand. Science proves beyond a shadow of a fact, if we really look at it, that there's a God. I get it. People try to use science to prove there isn't one. But the more you, the more you use science, the more it proves there is. In other words, what keeps everything where it's at? Uh, What is it that keeps the stars in the sky from crashing to the earth? What keeps the sun from burning itself out and ceasing to exist? What keeps the, the earth rotating at just the right axis, at just the right distance to, to sustain life on this planet? What is it that, that, that provides uh, the, the oceans uh, uh, boundaries so that they are safely within their shores. Who is it that provides the rain, the snow, and the warmth that is needed to replenish the earth? All of these things science tries to explain, but the more science tries to explain, it points to the sovereignty of Almighty God. It points to the Lord Jesus Christ, the sustainer, Of all things. He is the one who keeps all things in its proper place. The Jesus of the Bible. He is sovereign over all of his creation. Now that requires constant and consistent involvement in all things. God has not detached himself from this world I know that there are those who will argue and those who believe that somehow God created the earth and God created the cosmos and God created the, all of these things and then he just said, okay, now I've got it spinning this on its own and he stepped away. But the truth of the matter is, as a person who lives on this planet, you are a benef- you, you benefit every day from the fact that God is sustaining this world. Now, I want to tell you, I, I, I get it. Those of us with a larger mass, it's taking a little bit more gravity to keep us from flying off of this rock than some of you. They have to put rocks in your pockets every time the wind blows hard. So I'm glad that he's involved with all things, aren't you? And if you're one of me, one of us with that, that kind of mass like I am, you're extra glad he's involved in all things. 
But it's not just those things like the gravitational pull of the earth and the rotation of things. But if you've been in a delivery room and held a newborn baby and, and seen the miracle of birth, you have seen the glory of Christ that sustains all things. If you've, if you've been in a hospital room with someone who lay critically ill, but through the miracle of the hand of God, whether it's through medications or doctors or treatments or surgeries or, or, or whatever that miracle may look like, they are healed. You've seen the sustaining hand of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, these are credentials that He is the real Jesus He is the revealer of God. He's the creator of all things. He is the sustainer of all things. Fourth credential that we find in this passage is that Jesus is the ruler over His church. Now, I say that very carefully. He's the ruler of His church. Now, I will submit to you there's a lot of churches He's not the ruler over. There are churches that are that have rulers that are that that are human beings. That maybe it might be a, a a a person within that church that rules over that church. But he is the ruler of his church. In twice in verses fifteen through twenty, Paul refers to Jesus as the firstborn. Firstborn of all creation and firstborn from the dead. Now these verses have been, amu- have been abused and misused by many who seek to deny the deity and the divinity of the Lord Jesus Christ. But I think they do that so much out of ignorance. Because the very Greek word that's used there, that's... that's translated into our English word, firstborn, is the Greek word, protokos. Now what, now what that word, we get our English word, by the way, prototype, from that very same Greek word. In, in English, when we hear of a prototype, we say, okay, that's the first one that was created, or the first one that was made. It, it, was, the, it was the guinea pig. Let's call it that. It was, the, it was the model that all other things were going to be made from. But in Greek, it does not mean that Jesus was the first thing or the first person God created. Remember, He is God. So He created all things. This use of the term in the Greek and in Hebrew points to three truths. First, that Jesus is first and supreme ruler of all things. So when he's saying firstborn, he's not saying that he is somehow the first one created or the first one born. What he is saying that of all the, of all the things that have been born, of all the things that have been created, of all the things that exist, he is first in all things. Not the first one, but the lead, the head, the authority, the ruler, the master, the controller over all things. 
He's the head and the controller of his church. And he is the ultimate and the final authority in all things. What this title, Firstborn, points to is the lordship of Jesus Christ. That he, he owns the divine position of being first, of being before, and being over all things. That listen, we need to understand this. That that if if there is a hierarchy in in anything in this world, Jesus is at the top of it. He is the ultimate authority. He is the one in which you and I will stand before one day and give an account for our life. And we will do that for two reasons. Number one, He gave us our life. And number two, He died on the cross to redeem our life. He owns the right to judge us. And every one of us will stand before Him one day. He's the final authority. If He says to us, well done, my good and faithful servant... There's not someone who can bring up an objection. Whoa, hold on a minute, Jesus. I know all the bad stuff he did. Doesn't count because Jesus is the final authority. However, it goes the other way around too. Is is if Jesus says to someone, depart from me, you worker of iniquity, I never knew you. There's no way that suddenly we can say, oh, I object, your honor. I object and I, I appeal to all the good things that have been done because when he gives, the, he gives the judgment, it is the final authority. It is the final authority. We know that he's revealer. We know that he's creator. We know that he is sustainer. And he is ruler. But there's one other credential that we're given in this passage of Scripture, and it's found in those last three verses that we read. And that is that Jesus of the Bible is a reconciler to God. A reconciler to God. You see, our sin has left us estranged from God. Alienated from Him is the way Paul puts it. We were alienated and hostile in mind engaged in evil deeds. That's who we are without Jesus. You want to know the why the world's in a mess? There it is right there. Just giving you the, the reason why the world sometimes feels so chaotic. Because there, the world has within its, its population those who are alienated from God, who are hostile in mind toward God, engaged in evil deeds. Sin and Satan has enslaved us, robbed us of our relationship with our Creator, robbed us of our relationship with, with our Sustainer, robbed us of that relationship. We are captives of our sinful nature, and there's absolutely nothing that we can do to free ourselves from our own slavery. But herein lies the beauty of the, and the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That the creator of all things, the sustainer of all things, the ruler of all things, willingly laid down his life to purchase our freedom. That's the beauty and the power of the gospel. That the, that the very one who gave us life would give his life so that we could have 
eternal life. The beauty of the gospel through the blood of Jesus and His death on the cross. Our sins are atoned for. Our ransom and our penalty for our rebellion against God is satisfied. And in the sacrifice of the Creator, the creation is set free to know Him and to be reconciled to Him. The wrath of God against our sin was placed upon Jesus. He endured our hell, bore our cross, took our death, so that you and I can have the opportunity to be in right standing with God. God satisfied His own wrath in the person of Jesus Christ. That is the beauty and the power of the gospel is that when you and I could not do for ourselves that which had to take place in order for us to escape the coming wrath of God against our sin that the creator did it for us does that do, does that do something for you that does something for me that the creator lay down his life for me as our reconciler, Jesus presents all of those who come to him, all of those who cry out to him and call upon his name. He receives them and he presents them as holy and blameless and beyond reproach in their day of judgment. Wow. You see, I, I don't know everything you've done wrong in your life. But I know all the things that I've done wrong. I, I, I don't know about all the attitudes you may have copped in your life, but I've copped plenty in mine. I, I don't know about all the mistakes you've made in your life, but I know about the mistakes I've made in mine. And the fact that because of the Jesus Christ, that now I can stand holy, blameless, and beyond reproach is a miracle that only Jesus can provide for my life. So here's how I want to close this out this morning. The real Jesus of the Bible has credentials like no other. I love the Lottie Moon video where the man says, I, I used to go set these jars out, serving these gods, but that's, that, that, that was all I could do, was set jars out. He could, if you looked back, and, and I think I could hear it in his voice, he would say to them, he would say to us, as, as he would say to those false idols that are sitting there, I do this for you, but what do you do for me? I know this isn't the way we're supposed to approach salvation. I get it. It's not a what have you done for me lately kind of thing. But what other religion is there out there where the one true God of heaven stepped out and died and rose again for those that he created? Can I tell you something? Jesus is the only one with that credential. He's the only one with that credential. He is the revealer of God. If you want to know God, know Jesus. 
He's the creator of all things. It was his voice that echoed out, let there be, and there was. He's the sustainer of all things. He's the ruler over all things, and especially his church. But last, but by no means least, he is the reconciler to God. He is the only way. That's why Jesus could say, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. And no one, no one can come to the Father unless they come through me. He is the reconciler. In just a moment, we're going to have a time of invitation together. It's our opportunity to respond to the, these truths. I know it seems hurried and, and rushed, and I apologize for such, but I hope you'll go back and reread that passage of Scripture because in those few verses, Paul gives us all the reasons we'll ever need to come to Jesus for salvation. He gives us all of the credentials that Jesus carries that no one else can carry. And at the end of the day, you and I are going to stand before that Jesus right here that I've just read about. And we will hear one of two things. Well done or depart from me. Now, now listen very carefully. The Bible says that to those that do not know him, that he will not say to them, depart from me, you never knew me. He will say, depart from me, I never knew you. So you may know all about this Jesus of the Bible. You can sing about his birth at Christmas time and at Easter time, sing about his resurrection. You may know all about him, but the question is, does he know you? Because he, he knows the ones that belong to him. It, it, that's what he said, the, the shepherd knows his sheep. And it may be today that is the day that you need to surrender your life to the real Jesus of the Bible. That today's the day you need to, to embrace the revelation that he gives you of God. The truth that he's created you, that he sustains you. That he is Lord of all things. And that he is the only one that can reconcile you to a holy God. If you don't know him today, I would love to have the privilege and opportunity to introduce you to him. I'll be down front if you need to pray with someone to pray with you or, or counsel with you. I'll be right here. If not, maybe today you just need to bow your head and say, Thank you, Lord Jesus, for who you are. Maybe today just needs to be a, a praise time for you during our invitation. Thank you. Thank you for who you are and for all that you do. Father God, I thank you today. You reveal yourself to us through the person of our glorious Savior, Jesus Christ. That in knowing Him, we can know You. That in serving Him, we serve You. 
that in embracing him, we're embracing you. Lord, I thank you that you've given us the credentials that prove beyond a shadow of a doubt to answer any questions that we may ever have about whether or not the Jesus of the Bible is the real Jesus. Lord, you've shown us who you are. I pray that if there's one in this room today who doesn't know you, maybe they know about you, but they've never met you, surrendered their life to you, their creator, their sustainer, to be the Lord of their life. I pray that today's that day. And for those of us, Lord, who may be in this room who know you, I pray that today will be a day of celebration, a day of thanksgiving, a day of standing in awe and wonder at the glory of who you are. Lead us in these next few moments as we make our decisions, is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand together as we sing together. Thank you so much for your singing today. Uh, I'm going to uh, invite those who are going to be part of our business conference to make their way to the front of the church. And, uh, huh?